book of Leviticus, chapter 23. Jesus, our forever atonement. Last week, the Jewish people celebrated Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. According to scripture, 10 days after that celebration is the most high holy day in the Jewish calendar, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. In its original form, in the original practices laid out in Leviticus chapter 16, Leviticus chapter 17, and Numbers chapter 29, the way in which it was supposed to go is the high priest would sacrifice a young bull to cleanse himself and the temple. Then two goats were brought in. One was sacrificed, to, and that blood was for the sin of Israel. The blood from that goat was then sprinkled on the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. This, through, through this, the nation's sins were cleansed by the blood of an innocent animal, the animal being a substitute. The high priest would then lay his hands on the second goat, who would be called the scapegoat, and essentially confess or transfer the sins of the nation for the past year onto the second goat. Then that goat was sent into the wilderness as a symbol that the sins of the people would be far away from them because of this appointed feast in the Lord's eyes. That goat was usually led into the wilderness where that goat would be subject to various prey or they were led into the wilderness where there would be cliff areas that the goat would then fall off because, and as I was reading in different rabbinical readings this week, no one wanted the goat that represented the sins of the nation wandering back into the, the camp. This was the practice, these were the mechanics of the feast that was the day of that it that was the day of atonement but while those were the physical motions i want to look today at the attitude at the mindset and for that we turn to leviticus chapter 23 and i'll begin reading in verse number 26 and the lord spoke to moses saying also the 10th day of the 7th month shall be the day of atonement it shall be a holy convocation for you you shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. You shall not do work on that same day, for it is the day of atonement, to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. For any person who is not afflicted in soul on the same day shall be cut off from his people. And any person who does any work on that same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generation in all your dwellings. It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest. And you shall afflict your souls on the ninth day of the month at evening. From evening to evening, you shall celebrate your Sabbath. The words Yom Kippur literally mean cover or make a covering or to cover up. This was an annual feast. This was to cover the sins of the nation of Israel. 
for the past year. The images are clear. The point, this pointed to the need for an innocent substitution, one that was without spot or blemish, to be able to be a substitute for the guilty. But why? Why was this set up? There was actually more behind this, as we read in Leviticus 23. God wanted to restore his relationship with his people. That has always been his desire. But in that, in that desire, equally, God cannot tolerate sin. Nothing they could do, nothing they could accomplish, nothing they could put together could be enough to cover their sin. Works wouldn't cover their sin. That's why they were told to do no work, lest they get the impression that anything they were doing in some way contributed to the way in which the relationship between them and God was restored. No work was to be done, and God was serious. If any work was done, you were to be cut off. Accomplishments won't cover, wouldn't cover their sin. Position within the nation of Israel or within the community wouldn't cover their sin. They were told the posture, the attitude in approaching this annual feast, the actual words were to afflict their souls. Essentially, the posture they were to have in approaching this annual feast was to humble themselves. If anyone tried to work during the feast, no, cut off. If anyone would not humble themselves, they were cut off. God wanted his people to understand that the basis of their relationship with him was the blood of an innocent sacrifice and their posture of humility. The shedding of innocent blood showed how serious God viewed sin. We live in a day where sin is not taken seriously. It doesn't require any profound understanding of people to see that we don't take sin seriously today. At best, we reduce it to human error and then shrug it off by saying, well, you know what? Everyone makes mistakes. No big deal. Because the mindset, we, because of this mindset, we view sin as no big deal. And sadly, that mindset has crept its way into the church, where even the church has reduced the seriousness of how God sees sin. The world has changed. Cultures have changed. But I will declare God has not changed his view of sin. Sin is serious business. But God wanted to restore his relationship with his people. So a sacrifice had to be made. So something had to be done to address what was getting in the way of the relationship. Hence, the Day of Atonement. This was a feast that God created. This wasn't a feast that the people put together because they wanted to reestablish their relationship with God. This was a feast that God put together so that he could reestablish a relationship with his people. God wants a relationship with you and with me. He wants you to do the right thing and live right. He wants you to treat people right. He wants you to be examples of him and his way in this entire world. But first and foremost, he wants a personal, living, loving, breathing relationship with each and every one of us. 
And God has taken the initiative to create a way for the sin of the people to be out of sight. Our role is humility. We demonstrate humility when we accept the atonement that God provides by faith in Jesus Christ. But this needed to be done in humility. You see, without humility, this sacrifice for the people would be nullified. It's one thing when someone sacrifices something for you and we take an arrogant posture for it. That kind of just goes against the sacrifice. Without humility, the sacrifice was nullified. Through humility, we understand that our lives need to be God-oriented. We really do live in an extremely and overt selfish culture today. Yom Kippur was an annual reminder that they were fallen creatures resting in the grace of an almighty, all-loving God. Now, do we need annual reminders that we're fallen creatures? I think we need hourly reminders that we're fallen creatures and that we need the grace of an almighty, all-loving God and not one breath that we take is taken because we're amazing and wonderful people. As amazing and wonderful as you all are. Works apart from the sacrifice were meaningless. Now, one reason the feast was required because no work could be done. So something had to happen. So why or how did this feast play in the early church? Because Jesus became the sacrifice. Romans chapter 14, verse number 5 Paul says to the church at Rome, dealing with this issue, as now in the Roman church, there are both Gentile Christians and Jewish Christians. He says, one esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day, observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day, to the Lord he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat, To the Lord he does not eat and gives God thanks. There were these issues that happened in the church at Rome in many of the young churches where the Jewish believers had these issues. They wanted to remain faithful to their heritage, yet they were coming up against a slight difference in orientation in what the sacrifices and the feast meant. So if they wanted to go ahead and continue to practice the Day of Atonement, that was fine with Paul. However, understand that what you're practicing needs to be something that we practice as unto God, who is the forever atonement. It was no longer this goat that was being sent into the wilderness that separated you and I from the sin that would separate you and I from God. It was what Jesus did on Calvary that separated us from the sin that separates us from you and and I and God. They embraced Jesus as Messiah, but still had strong ties to their upbringing. They wanted to continue to celebrate the Jewish feasts. And Paul says, leave them alone. But humility needed to remain 
a part of it as long as they were doing it with the right attitude. As long as they were doing it to honor Jesus. As long as they understood that the perfect sacrifice had already come. As long as they understood that no longer was an annual feast required to cover their sins. Jesus didn't come to cover their sins. He came to take them away. And he provided the final sacrifice by shedding his blood. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 10. But that will have been sacrificed by that will. We have been sacrificed through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from the time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being, those who are being sanctified. Your Savior has provided for you a forever sacrifice, a forever atonement, a forever taking away of the sins that would otherwise forever separate you and me from Almighty God. This is what was provided in this once and for all sacrifice. And how many know forever means forever? The atoning sacrifice is ours by faith. It is not by works. It is not by church attendance. It is not by tithe records, not by accomplishments. It is by the blood of Jesus Christ. In the single life and work of the perfect Lamb of God. Yet it wasn't just about the sacrifice and the humility that the original feast was set up. There was another aspect to it, and it's one I'm convinced people miss today. Not only do we have a sacrifice that washes or takes away all of our sins, but it also provides something that I believe every single person in our culture longs for, rest. Going back to Leviticus chapter 23, the first part of verse 32, it shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest. You know, the verses in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. People today do not know how to rest. They know how to stop. They may know how to cease activity, but we do not know how to rest. It has always amazed me how many people I've ever worked with go away on wonderful vacations coming back, needing a vacation. (laughs) 
They come back, and it's interesting because before they went on their vacation, you could see that they were tired and they needed a break. And so you looked at them and you said, well, this will be good. You'll be able to get away and rest. And they go away on vacation and they try to cram into one or two weeks' time about six months of activity. And then they come back from vacation completely exhausted and try to convince you they had a great time. What they needed was rest. And you don't have to go anywhere for that. We get to the end of a long day and we try to unwind. So we think that unwinding means just sitting still. But if we can sit still but not turn off our minds and not focus on other things that will bring rest, we will not be in the place of rest. Always thinking that something else needs to be done. Always thinking something else is calling my name. Part of God's design in this feast was not only that the sins of the people would be separated from them, but that one of the wonderful blessings he would bring is that we would be able to rest in a relationship with him. Because of the sacrifice accompanied with our humility, God was able to reestablish relationship so that we could rest. In that rest, take time to pray. In that rest, take time to read his word. In that rest, take time to simply enjoy his company. The solemn rest is a time to enjoy, learn, and grow in relationship with God. To realize that our relationship with God is the reason we're alive. And the same goes for other relationships. Ever been around somebody? I know none of you have, so just try and imagine it with me, though, for a minute. <laughs> Ever been around somebody, even a family member, that you just couldn't relax around them? That you were always on, don't be looking at one another. No, don't, don't do that. You couldn't open up yourself. You couldn't be vulnerable with. You just were on edge. I've shared the story. Most of us have a similar situation to the one I have felt. I don't get to see my extended family, my cousins that I grew up with, except at certain holidays. We'll get together at Thanksgiving. We'll come together, and it's wonderful. I haven't seen you in maybe a year or more now because of the pandemic, and we'll come together, and we'll start being able to fellowship and loving on one another, and an hour goes by, and I'm reminded as why we don't spend more time together. So in the beginning of the time together it's like it's great to see you and about three hours later look at the time because we can't relax we're putting on too many airs I don't need to have something fancy going on to be able to enjoy fellowship with people that I know I care about and that care about me this is what God wants with us, that we can come into his presence and relax. We can come into his presence and rest. We can come into his presence and be just ourselves. But pastor, who I am is a sinner and I make mistakes. Don't you think God knows that? 
and he still wants a relationship with you and me. What a gift to give to someone just to be together. When we find that rest in Jesus, we can experience that rest with one another, especially in the body of Christ. What a witness it can be to the whole world to see a group of people in the church, in the body of Christ, that are just comfortable with one another, easy with one another. They can relax with one another. Just be you. Jesus came that we might have this abundant spiritual life. The Bible says he came to give us an abundant life. Nowhere does it say he came to give us an impressive collection of the abundance of material possessions. Are your sins washed in the blood of Jesus Christ today? Are you placing your faith in the sacrifice he made, not in the works that you and I do? Are you approaching his sacrifice with a humble and contrite attitude? No matter how long I serve him, no matter what I do for him, no matter what type of resume I can put together about my accomplishments in ministry, Lord, I am nothing without you. And every single day, I need to approach you with an attitude of humility. Are you able to enter into this solemn rest that Leviticus 23 talked about? Rest. Honestly, like the rest we see, I see often in our after-service fellowships. We just kind of rest. Sometimes there's this tremendous abundance of different types of food and sometimes it's not as abundant but what makes it fellowship is not the food it's the people and the spirit involved what I can promise you for today is that there's coffee back there I know many of you are saying hallelujah inside so that's okay this rest is part of the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. And it seems one thing that even we in the church find so elusive. Yom Kippur commemorates or, or, or the ceremonies for Yom Kippur are very different today than they were in the first century. No animals are sacrificed primarily because the scripture would have required those, those sacrifices to happen in the temple, and that temple was destroyed in 70 AD. So, and the fact that there really aren't many nations on the planet today that would permit those type of sacrifices. For the most part, though, the afflicting of souls or the posture that is created today in the Yom Kippur practices is accomplished through fasting. But Jesus taught us that even fasting can be done without the right motives. This comes back to a posture, to an attitude. We embrace by faith his sacrifice on the cross. We embrace by faith his once and for all atonement. That was for the sins of the world. And that includes 
everyone, since everyone is in the world. He is the atonement. He is the atonement past. He is the atonement present. He is the atonement future. He is the once and forever Lamb of God. He is the once and forever scapegoat. We accept that we are saved by faith, not by works. That's what Paul told the Ephesians church in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. We enjoy the rest of being a free people who have been set free from the bondage of sin, who've been set free from any shackles the enemy might try and put into our lives. And that freedom is is first realized and primarily realized by a living, loving relationship that we have with God. Like the old song, and he walked with me, and he talked with me, and he tells me I'm his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. That's the rest. We're not talking about sleep. We're not talking about the rest most people need when they come back from an overly exhausting vacation. We come back to sacrifice and solemn rest. And in it, the humility to realize that I can't have any of that without Jesus. He took the initiative. It wasn't that we realized our need and then decided, let me go to God and see what we can work out in our relationship. God looked at us and said, this is messed up. This isn't working. I'm going to send my son and be the Passover lamb and be the scapegoat, be the day of atonement sacrifice that takes away the sins of the world. The annual covering of sins, according to the New Testament, is no longer needed, according to the writer of the book of Hebrews, because Jesus became our forever, our perfect sacrifice once for all, he became our forever atonement. Now, later today, uh, our brother Jason's family will gather here around 1 o'clock for a memorial service for his mom who passed away in April of 2020. And because of the COVID issues, they were not able to gather until now. And my wife and I definitely understand that, as does my sister-in-law, Alicia, that it being delayed, many of our practices were delayed because of that. His family is predominantly Jewish in their belief and upbringing. And originally he had asked Pastor Chris, because of his closeness with Pastor Chris, to provide a message at the ceremony. As many of you know, Pastor Chris's uh, dad passed away this past week. So I will be providing a message today. And it's basically going to be what I just preached. It won't do the same thing. Now, I'm not going to take the same amount of time. But I am going to remind them that they're going to celebrate on Wednesday and Thursday of this week the Day of Atonement and that Jesus came to be that perfect once and for all 
sacrifice. Now, I guarantee you, just because personalities are different, I will express it a little differently than Pastor Chris would have. Much, much less sweat. <laughs> I'll probably do it in like five, ten minutes. <laughs> but that's the message. But it's not just the message for the Jewish community. Because that solemn rest is something the Christian community needs. As a body of Christ, church, we are so uptight. We are so wound. The phrase that was so popular when my older son was growing up, and they don't say it much anymore, but I'm going to say it now, we need to chill. We need to lighten up. We need to let the relationship we have with Jesus truly bring us the rest that was intricately part of the Day of Atonement feast. There was the sacrifice, there was the humility, and the solemn rest that allowed them to enjoy. I'm tired of talking to Christians who talk about the joy of the Lord with a frown on their face. Serving Jesus is wonderful. There's nothing like it. Then smile when you say it. Serving Jesus is amazing. And not only is serving Jesus wonderful, just being with him is awesome. Just being in his presence, just basking in his presence. He truly becomes not only our sacrifice, but our forever friend. Stand with me, please.